Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can now read me on the new Fox Sports app or foxsports.com. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places, but there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA, and that is here. As I tried to get going on composing my latest thoughts about the NBA for this episode, I was completely distracted by Adele's two-hour special, One Night Only. I'm not joking. I had no intention of watching. I wasn't even aware there was going to be such a thing, to be honest. But I came home from a football banquet, my son's, and the TV was still tuned to CBS because of whatever NFL game had been last on it from earlier in the day. I intended to flip to either the Raiders-Chiefs game or one of the NBA games that I had recorded, but I could tell my wife was into Adele. And then... So was I. I don't know about any of you. And yes, I will get to some NBA thoughts in a minute concerning the Philadelphia 76ers. But I was completely mesmerized by the Adele special. Now, sometimes these things can be overproduced. They try too hard. They obscure the artist or the artistry with too many bells and whistles. But they nailed this one. The Griffith Observatory in L.A. is a setting I'd never seen before, at least not like that. To get a sunset Hollywood sign in the background at one point, the projection of Adele's face on the building behind her once the night sky darkened, the semicircle rose like some Roman amphitheater, only without the raised seating, the boyfriend blindfolding his girlfriend and surprising her with Adele's help by bringing her up to the observatory, taking her blindfold off in front of the stage, in front of an audience of celebrities, and then having Adele sing to her after her boyfriend proposed. Man, it, now, if any of that sounds cheesy or staged, if any of that gives you the impulse to say, come on now, I understand. But it didn't come off that way to me watching it. And I, it can be cynical at times, as you probably well know. Now, 
maybe I'm just feeling sentimental at the moment for some reason. Last week was a long week and it ended with me speaking at a boys and girls fundraiser and I choked up talking about the role that the Boys and Girls Club played in Damian Lillard and a group of his friends making it out of East Oakland. The short version of that story, which I had told before, so it wasn't like this was the first time I'd told an audience, but the short version of that story is as middle schoolers, Damian and his friends looked around at the drugs and violence and shootings and poverty and made a pact. Not that they were going to go to the NBA or become rap artists, but that they were all going to get college degrees. This was a group of fifth graders. And about five years ago, the last of them did just that. With, as I understand it, the Boys and Girls Club giving them a safe place to study and socialize and play sports. Damien is the only one who made it to the NBA and become a rap star, but no one would have predicted either of those back at that time either for him. And I look at his friends, Gabe Kindred, Thomas Torres, Ken Rancifer, Josh Keyes, Philip Taylor, as even bigger success stories because they made it out without having Lillard's talent in those areas. Anyway, as I was watching the Adele special, I wondered if we'd see a shot of Rich Paul, LeBron's agent part of LeBron's childhood crew that made it out of Akron and now according to celebrity gossip Adele's boyfriend and sure enough we got a glimpse of him sitting next to Oprah at the concert for those who didn't catch it the concert took place about a month ago and then was spliced with Adele sitting in what I assume is Oprah's garden on a sunny afternoon talking to Oprah about her divorce, how it inspired her previous album, her dramatic weight loss, how this was the first concert she allowed her son to attend, how she'd shielded him from her fame so well that when she took him to a Taylor Swift concert, he was blown away by all the people in the stadium because the only time he'd seen his mom perform were at stadium sound checks when no one other than the crew were there. I don't see how you could come away from that special as anything other than a fan of Adele, whether you like her music or not. For something so clearly, carefully produced, it came off as genuine, honest, and candid to the core. And then I thought about something an NBA head coach said to me recently, because my thoughts are never that far from the NBA. This coach told me about how the entire league is rooting for the Philadelphia 76ers to do well in Ben Simmons' absence because it's apparently unanimous that Simmons is taking an indefensible stand by refusing to play. I don't know if what the coach said is true, that everyone disapproves of the way Simmons is handling the situation, but I can tell you I've yet to talk to anyone who supports him. If it's true, then the challenge for Sixers president Daryl Morey to trade Simmons for a deal he finds suitable is even more unlikely than I thought, which I already considered pretty remote. But why is that? Why is there no sympathy for Simmons? Not just for Simmons, but also Kyrie Irving of the Brooklyn Nets, who is also not playing because he refuses to get vaccinated. And yes, 
I know there are some voices out there that have spoken out in defense of Kyrie's stand, but let's be real here. They are not people that know Kyrie. He merely fits with their agenda to demonize vaccinations. And I couldn't help but think that Rich Paul attended that concert a month ago or so and had to be privy to Adele's conversation with Oprah and its contents. Adele explained that the divorce hit her as hard as it did because she came from a broken family and was determined to create another reality for her son. And when she wasn't able to do that, it crushed her. And how that was part of the reason she hadn't done a concert in nearly five years and thought she might never do one again. How could anyone not be touched by that? Who couldn't relate to someone having a relationship go sour and have it rock their world? It was a very real conversation about mental health without the buzzwords. And the reason I thought about this is because Rich Paul isn't just LeBron's agent. He's also Ben Simmons' agent. And that's what is missing. Not just with Ben, but with Kyrie as well. The truth. The truth about why they are where they are. Why they're unable or unwilling to perform why they feel the way that they do. For those who haven't been playing, paying close attention to the Sixers, they came out of the gate clearly motivated not to let Simmons' absence derail them, winning eight of their first 10 games. It certainly helped that seven of those games were against teams currently with losing records, but they, dis- they did it despite a number of players testing positive for COVID and having to sit out, among them Tobias Harris, who just returned, and Joel Embiid, who remains out. They've now lost four in a row with a starting lineup at one point of Seth Curry, Danny Green, Andre Drummond, Furkan Korkmaz, and Tyrese Maxey. Good luck beating anyone respectable with that lineup. Now, getting Embiid back will certainly help right the ship, but it doesn't resolve the situation with Simmons. And while the Sixers wanting to prove they can win without him could certainly add fuel to their fire this season, I have a hard time seeing it be enough to make them title contenders. They didn't have enough with him. I don't see how that motivation alone is going to make up for the gap. The only way out of this, where everybody gets some semblance of what they want, is for Simmons to explain what is going on with him. And clearly, there is something going on with him. Something that has been going on with him for quite some time. Think about it. Why would anyone so resolutely avoid developing and utilizing a skill so essential to their success as Simmons has with his reluctance to shoot? It has never made sense to me. It has been the question that has been bugging me from the the beginning of his career, to be honest. We've seen plenty of video of him taking shots in practice, participating in shooting drills and the like. Yet we're now in year six of his career and more than 90% of his shots have come from within 10 feet of the basket. In the last two years, 0.009% of his shots have come from beyond 16 feet. As a point guard, how can that be anything other than a phobia? Where did it start? Why has it worsened? Way too much has been made of the one play in the playoffs against the Hawks when 
He was in three feet of the basket and shoveled a pass to Matisse Thibel coming down the baseline rather than taking the shot himself. Yes, it was game seven against the Hawks with three and a half minutes left, the Hawks leading by two. Yes, he had backed down Danilo Gallinari and lost him on a spin move. But if you watch the play again, as I have many times, Ben fumbled the ball at one point after he made the spin move, and he had Trey Young running at him. Thibel, for a split second, was open. The issue is not that Ben didn't take that shot. It's that in his last two years in the playoffs, a total of 24 games, he never attempted a shot from 16 feet. In Robin Lopez's last 24 playoff games, just for comparison, he's taken more shots beyond 16 feet than that. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The situation with Simmons runs a lot deeper than his decision not to take that one shot against the Hawks. Or even the criticism and doubts expressed by Embiid for not taking it. That's simply the tip of the proverbial iceberg. Once upon a time, it was part of my job to secure sit-down interviews with players like Simmons, players who found themselves ostracized for one reason or another. The one that comes to mind that I did was with, with Dwight Howard. This was at the start of his first stint with the Lakers back in 2012 when he was supposed to be the next great big man to wear purple and gold and lead them back to title contention along with Kobe Bryant and Steve Nash and Pal Gasol. Let's just say things didn't go according to plan. Nash was a shell of himself because of back problems that would lead to his retirement and Kobe tore his Achilles. My conversation with Dwight was mostly about the 10 months of turmoil that preceded him arriving in L.A. from Orlando, where he had planned to leave and then was coerced into exercising a one-year option, which gave the magic control over where he went. He did it, he said, in a moment of weakness, because he didn't want anyone to be mad at him the way they were upset with LeBron at deserting the Cleveland Cavaliers. Keep in mind, this was merely two years after the decision. Dwight ultimately had everyone hating him for how he handled the situation. Completely backfired on him. His hope in our conversation was to explain why he did what he did. Now, I'm well aware that both Adele and Dwight told their stories after the fact, after the hell they had been in was over, well after the divorce for Adele and Dwight was out of Orlando. But in the current state of things... Ben Simmons doesn't have that luxury. The Magic with Dwight were ready to start from scratch once again, having fired their head coach, Stan Van Gundy, and left with a team that had Tobias Harris, oddly enough, and Aaron Aflalo as their leading scorers. The Sixers aren't interested in rebuilding or starting over. They're not firing Doc Rivers. And yes, perhaps one day 
should be explained why the Philadelphia 76ers and Orlando Magic have such a connection when it comes to such things. Now, the NBA is a cruel business. You either cut it or you're gone. But it's also a place where if you have cut it, if you have proved to have a certain level of ability, there are second chances galore. Look at Markel Fultz, another Philly point guard who once had a similar phobia about shooting. He was mocked as much or more than Simmons, particularly for his free throw shooting. You all remember that ugly hitch that he had that people had a difficulty explaining. Yet when it was revealed that he had a nerve issue in his shooting shoulder and that that had led to the problem, the dialogue changed considerably. And ultimately, the Sixers were able to trade him to Orlando for a young prospect in Jonathan Simmons and a future first-round pick. Now, Fultz may never live up to his selection as the number one pick, especially since he's now currently recovering from a torn ACL last season. But he started... 68 of 80 games in Orlando before the knee injury and was shooting nearly 90% from the free throw line. More important, he had people in his corner, people happy to trumpet any sign of him emerging from his issues. Rest assured, the NBA's broadcast partners would be thrilled to do a sit-down interview with Simmons to give him a chance to explain what is going on with him. The Lakers didn't re-sign Dwight after our sit-down, but the Rockets did to the tune of four years and $88 million. Simmons doesn't need a contract because he already has one for the next four years. He needs someone to believe he's worth it. If that's what he truly wants, he has to tell his story, whatever it may be, to somebody so that everybody can hear it. And no one should know that better than Adele's boyfriend. All right, that does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United WeCast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I promised a follower on Twitter that I was going to have a bazooka full of positivity coming up, in part because he suggested that I had turned negative on far too many things. I attributed that in part to the fact that I've had to talk a lot about the Lakers. And no, I didn't see their recent win over San Antonio. I've decided that what's best for me is not to follow them as closely as I have. They are currently a 500 team. I don't expect that to improve. And at this point, I'd say there's more compelling topics and teams to talk about. One of the things I do want to get into, possibly in the next episode, is about the teams that are clearly playing with joy and the difference that it is making for them. And I believe how vital that is in today's game. And we may have to talk a little bit about the Lakers because clearly they are not playing with that. But I promise it will be to a minimum. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.